Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Monday edition. Uh, this is the first show of the new year. So first of all, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, 2023, of course, that means we're into the actual calendar year. You know, normally you'd say the, the 2023 season if you're talking about this season and the events in it. Um, so that's, I guess, something. But of course, the new year for... Um, just everyone in general, New Year's resolutions. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still working on my uh, New Year's resolutions. So I'll have to, you know, share those when I get them kind of put together. But excuse me. Uh, first of all, we're without the services of Wyatt uh, tonight. Unfortunately, he's uh, still busy. He's, you know, just doing stuff with his family. So, you know, uh, props to him. Hopefully, you know, he saw us. He, uh, sorry kind of my mind's losing air a little bit um yeah so he's he's just enjoying time with his family right now you know uh, uh best wishes to him hopefully he'll, he'll be back next week ready to to keep things going um so in the meantime we'll just do a you know solo run of the show here and it should be a fairly concise show um thanks to what we were able to do on the friday show uh the last show of last year the 2022 calendar year we don't have a ton to talk about um but we'll run through it based on what i've seen snippets of what happened in tonight's action we'll have a good amount to talk about tomorrow um, but regardless let's go ahead and get jump into things we'll do our five on five drill <clears throat> excuse me as we normally would and we'll start with uh the first of the five games we'll talk about again these are just from saturday and sunday uh, those two days of action, and just in time, my internet has collapsed a little bit, so that's great. The five games we'll talk about, um, I have four games from Saturday, one from Sunday, since Saturday was, I think, a nine or ten game slate. Meanwhile, Sunday only had three or four games, so um, we have four games from Saturday, one from Sunday. The first, well, I'll just run down all through all five. Uh, first, the Pacers, Indiana Pacers, pick up the win uh, at home against the L.A. Clippers. Then it was the Mavericks winning a close one in San Antonio against the Spurs. Um, then the Grizzlies winning at home against the Pelicans. After that, the Heat winning a thriller in Utah against the Jazz. And finally, from Sunday, uh, the national broadcast game. Uh, I think it was national broadcast uh, the Denver Nuggets winning at home versus the Boston Celtics. Um, just in time, looks like the internet's kicked back in. So let's go ahead and talk about that first game. Uh, Clippers-Pacers, yeah, close game in this one. Uh, Pacers withstand season-high 45 points from Paul George. So big performance from L for L.A. there from Paul George. Um, you look at the game charts, Indiana led through most of this game, L.A., took the lead in the fourth, but then Indiana able to rally back, you know, withstand that push. Um, box score, Paul George, as I mentioned, 45 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Um, and we forget kind of in recent, the last year or two, that that's what Paul George is capable of. Um, you know, great game from him. Kawhi solid in support, 24 points, five boards, seven assists. Kawhi has been solid in his play this season after you know the injury issues the last season or two he's 
yet to be consistently star level like we expect him to, but he's helping the Clippers play a winning brand of basketball. So that's all you really need right now. And then hopefully over the next weeks and months, he's able to ramp that up. <clears throat> By the time you get into playoffs, he's really, uh, you know, stout. I guess that's kind of the hope. Um, so they are led there. They had uh, Marcus Morris with 15, Reggie Jackson with 13. Um, a little bit better all-around game for Indiana. They were led by 34 points for Miles Turner. Uh, 24 points, 10 assists for Tyrese Halliburton, who continues, I believe, to lead the league in assists, as well as four steals. So nice defensive play from him in this one. 18 for Buddy Heald, 16 for Aaron Neesmith, uh, 15 off the bench for the rookie Mathurin. And uh, the Pacers able to come out with a close one there against the Clippers. Uh, so that's our first game of the five on five. The next one we have to talk about, and especially with an individual player and his level of production, the Dallas Mavericks win by one point in San Antonio, 126 to 125 against the Spurs. The game chart, um, it was close in the first half. Dallas had a big lead through the, the second, but then San Antonio made it a kind of a thriller towards the end. But, you know, Luca made sure that the Mavs were able to win this one. First, you look at the Spurs, 30 points from Keldon Johnson. He's kind of their leading man at this point. Uh, 19 points, 15 boards from Yaka Pirtle. 18 points from Trey Jones. Uh, 20 points from Jeremy Sokan or Sochan. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name exactly. The rookie who's been productive for them. Um, but, of course, for Dallas, they had 25 from Christian Wood. 14 from Hardaway, 11 from Dinwiddie, but of course they're led by Luka Doncic, who had 51 points. Unbelievable what he's been able to do in this stretch. And we'll talk a little bit more about it with our uh, weekly MVP discussion. Uh, 51 points, nine assists, six boards, four steals on a block. Tremendous percentages. Wills Dallas again to a victory. Uh, so a great game from Luka in that one, and a great game for the Mavericks to keep up their momentum that they've had. Uh, next let's talk Grizzlies Pelicans. This one, a little bit, uh, less close of an affair. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies win at home against the new Orleans Pelicans, 116 to 101. Um, game charts, it, you know, Memphis took a lead early Pelicans brought it basically a tie type game or one, you know, few point game at halftime, but then Memphis retook the lead and then took a big lead into the fourth. Uh, for the Pelicans, 20 points from Zion Williamson. He was the leading scorer along with nine rebounds. 11 boards for Herbert Jones. Uh, 15 points for Trey Murphy. Four other guys in double figures. Uh, meanwhile, for Memphis, John Morant, easily the leading scorer in this game. 32 points, eight assists, three rebounds, two steals. Um aided by 10 points and 21 rebounds from Steven Adams. Huge rebounding game for him. 17 for Jaron Jackson, 18 for Desmond Bain. Great to see him back in the lineup after some injury issues. Uh, Memphis just a little bit better team that night. Those teams are pretty close right now in the conference standings and the uh, and the, the power rankings. Again, we'll talk about that when we get to our power rankings. But a uh, great matchup and a great win for the Grizzlies to get that separation or try and get that advantage against the Pelicans last game from the Saturday slate uh, a heartbreaker for me. And again, I'll talk more in detail about this with the power rankings uh, hero ends the year. And yeah, that was the last game of 2022. Um, 
Let me double check that just to confirm. Yeah, last game of 2022, and it was Miami Heat on the road in Utah against the Jazz. Tyler Hero ends the year with a buzzer-beating game winner. It was a pretty wild shot, you know, pushes it down the court pretty quickly. One-legged, leaning forward, three-pointer, and able to knock it down and and prevent the Jazz from saying anything in overtime about it and just went straight out for the for the heat there and the jazz end the season or end the calendar year on kind of a whimper. Um, you'll get the game charts. I mean, it was a back and forth throughout some, some substantial leads for both teams. Um, lead changes plenty. Miami had a, a lead that fell towards the end, but then hero able to be the hero. Uh, no pun intended. Well, I guess pun intended and the heat win that game. For the Jazz, again, Larry Markinen, the leading guy, 29 points, 14 boards, um, 22 points for Clarkson, uh, 12 rebounds for Walker Kessler off the bench. He continues to be a very solid uh, reserve guy in that center position. Um, meanwhile, for the Heat, uh, they had 32 points from Bam Adebayo, eight rebounds, five assists. 29 from Tyler Hero, nine boards and six assists. They were without Jimmy Butler in this game. Uh, 23 from Victor Oladipo off the bench. And uh, yeah, Hero with that aforementioned game-winning shot. Huge for them. And again, the Jazz uh, slumping to end the year. Finally, we'll do our one uh, Sunday night game. And that is the Denver Nuggets winning at home against the Boston Celtics, 123 to 111. Uh, Nuggets cool off Celtics in clash of conference bests. Yes, those are the two teams leading their respective conferences. Uh, Denver led pretty big throughout this one. It wasn't a big, uh, wasn't ultra tightly con- contested. For Boston, they were led by Jalen Brown, 30 points, eight boards, three assists. Jason Tatum added 25, seven boards, six assists. 13 points for Derek White, but otherwise uh, not quite the supporting uh showing that you would like from the bench and the uh the other starters for Tatum and Brown. You know, those excuse me, those two guys are always going to lead it for Boston, but you need to have a little bit more help. And uh they didn't quite get what they needed. Meanwhile for Denver, uh Jokic again doing his kind of thing. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. You look at Jokic and Doncic and the last two or three weeks, maybe the last month they've had you know, it'd be interesting to see in the annals of NBA history what types of, you know, two-player output you you know you could compare them to as far as what Jokic and Doncic have done in the last uh, several weeks or last month. Anyways, 30-point, 12-rebound, 12 assists, huge triple-double, great percentages, efficient. Um, Aaron Gordon, 18 points, seven, re- seven assists, six rebounds. He's been playing a very nice uh, game alongside Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. adds 19 points, 21 for Bruce Brown, 17 for Bones Highland off the bench. Very nice, well-rounded team effort, and uh, Denver gets the big win there against the Celtics. Um, as far as our six men, small notes from the last weekend of action. Uh, the Nets picked up their – they picked up a win against the Hornets, 123-106. to and that extended their win streak to 11 games. And I think going into tonight, they might have already won tonight. I'm not sure, but they um, 
had a chance to either tie or break the franchise record for most consecutive wins. So great job for Brooklyn there. Uh, worth noting, the Cavs won a close matchup against the Bulls in Chicago, 103 to 102. Not one of our highlighted games, but it's a big, uh, big win for Cleveland in that uh, that storied rivalry. Not as storied, of course, as maybe Celtics Lakers or um, you know Pistons Bulls, something like that. But there's there's some history in that matchup for sure. Um, Philly, let's see, that was yes this night. Uh, Embiid got a triple double, sixteen points, thirteen boards, eleven assists or ten assists. Excuse me. So nice triple double for him. And uh, finally, for Washington on Sunday, the, yesterday, Kyle Kuzma picked up a triple-double, 10 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, so those are six men notes from the last night of action. Um, and that gets us caught up on all of that news. Let me go ahead and update our schedule here, and we'll go. We'll jump into key news. There's not a ton to talk about with key news. Um First of all, out of Atlanta for the Hawks, Coach Nate McMillan refutes report from unnamed sources that claimed he was pondering a midseason retirement. Uh, basically, in it, you know, it might have been a, a press conference question or or something similar. He stated that you know he approached he's approaching the season just like any other season, and like most most coaches approach, you know, each season. But in and in the season, you make sure, hey, I'm still you know, do I still feel like I want to keep coaching, keep doing this? And then you more than likely you say yes. And you keep going. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't plan on ending things mid season. There was some report about that. So, um, just a small note there. Um, here's, here's an interesting one. A bent rim and the, uh, Celtics nuggets matchup caused a 35 minute delay. Uh, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics said, Quote, that whole process was handled poorly, in my opinion, uh, close quote. He had a, there's a longer excerpt of what exactly he talked about. But essentially, from what I gathered, uh, it was a Robert Williams dunk, you know, through the rim out of alignment. They brought out guys to try and level. They replaced the rim. They did. It was a much longer ordeal than maybe you're used to. And Jalen Brown seemed to think or feel that the rim was still bent while they were playing. I mean, you got to trust a guy who's played – how many NBA games, you know, and spend so much time, you know, shooting baskets, or, you know, playing basketball. He's he's going to notice if the rim is still crooked. So, um, kind of upset with that one. You have to think how much impact did that have in them not being able to win that game? I don't remember when exactly that happened in the matchup, um, but regardless, something worth noting. Um, for here's some NBA news. Uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis and Luka Doncic named NBA Players of the Week in the Eastern and Western Conference, respectively. So, uh, great job to the, both of those players. They had some great weeks. And again, we will talk about uh, those guys specifically in our uh, weekly MVP discussion. Finally, let's go ahead and check our. Let's see. Actually, let me double check, make sure. Um, yeah, double check our LeBron tracker. We like to update this every once in a while. At this point, uh, LeBron has 484 points to either tie or pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time NBA points leaderboard. Uh, so he has 37,903. 
So within the next several games, he's going to pass the 38,000 mark. And then not too long after that, he will pass uh, or has a chance to pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So he's getting closer and closer. Early in the year, it didn't pass as quickly because he had missed some games with injuries and, uh, you know, load management, those types of things. But now he's playing consistently uh, and that number's coming down, you know, bit by bit. So exciting stuff to watch, you know, that that chase for history. Um so very interesting that real quick, let's talk game previews, the games you'll want to watch out for this uh, upcoming week. This is Tuesday through Friday uh, and all the times for these games I will give are in Eastern standard time as they are given on the NBA website on Tuesday. There's a three game slate on Tuesday. I'll give you two of those three that are worth looking at uh, national broadcast game on NBA TV at eight o'clock, the Washington wizards on the road in Milwaukee against the bucks. Uh, one more to take note of on League Pass at nine o'clock. The Utah Jazz play host to the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, teams with similar records, Jazz heavily slumping, Kings keeping things going. You know, can Jazz regain momentum? Will the Kings keep their momentum going? You know, kind of worth noting there. Uh, Wednesday, there's 12 games on Wednesday. We've got a T- ESPN doubleheader. At 7.30, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks are on the road in Toronto against the Raptors. And at 10 o'clock, the Los Angeles Lakers play host to the Miami Heat. One other game worth watching would be on League Pass at 8 o'clock, the Portland Trailblazers on the road in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Both those teams are teams that are falling as of late. Um, can you know those teams find momentum? What will the Timberwolves look like? They've especially fallen off. Um are the trailblazers the team that we saw in the first several weeks of the season, or was that kind of a mirage, like a handful of teams that we saw? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see with that game and the games to come Thursday, Thursday night, there's four total games. And two of those are part of a TNT doubleheader at seven 30. The Boston Celtics are Boston Celtics are on the road in Dallas against the Mavericks uh, Celtics, of course, a top team in the East versus Luca and, uh, Luca's sidekicks, I guess is what you'd call it at this point. Um, and then at 10, 10 o'clock on TNT, the LA Clippers on the road in Denver against the Nuggets, uh, two top Western Conference teams battling it out. And then on Friday, we have 11 games on Friday. We have an ESPN doubleheader again. At 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets are on the road in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Uh, great matchup of some sort of surprise teams or some teams that have had some hot momentum in the last month or last several weeks. Uh, and then at 10 o'clock, the Miami Heat in Phoenix to face off against the Suns are two basketballs on fire logo teams. That's one way to look at it. But more importantly, um, Heat have found some positive momentum in the last few weeks. Suns just the opposite with the Devin Booker injury. They've they've fallen and they were struggling before that with the Chris Paul injury. So can those teams kind of right their ships and well, can the Suns right the ship? Can the Heat? keep things going uh one more to take note of on league pass at 10 30 uh the atlanta hawks in los angeles against the lakers i wanted to add one more because why not you know trey young is always entertaining to watch him against lebron could be something noteworthy but regardless those are i think the games to watch out for this uh coming week and with that we'll go ahead and call that good for our game summaries um I'm taking just a few seconds to update this while we're doing the show because I find it helps uh, get things prepared for the next show. 
hopefully that's uh, tolerable for the listening audience. Um, but regardless, that takes us through our, you know, kind of information load. And we'll talk a little bit more informally about teams and players. And we'll start with power rankings to do that. Um, again, without Wyatt, we're just kind of going based on my power rankings. Uh, for week 11, we had uh, we had some movers and shakers. Uh, Celtics, I kept at number one. They went two and one. The NBA actually slid them down in their power rankings and had Nuggets at number one. I'm not quite ready to do that. Um, Celtics still have a better overall record, and I think they can be a little bit better overall team. Um, but Nuggets have definitely been great. Um, they move up to number two. The Brooklyn Nets, with the aforementioned win streak, have moved all the way up to number three. And again, you compare this to where they were earlier in the year. I'm actually going to look back. I'm curious how far down I had them at certain points in the year because they were they were pretty low. I had them as low as the fifth worst team in the NBA in week two. And uh, that might have been too far on my part. Regardless, they're number three overall. Difference between the first few weeks of the season and now is night and day. Um, it's been, you know, they've been playing some great basketball. So it's Celtics, Nuggets, Nets. The Bucks finally fall out of that top two. They went one and two in the last week. There's something off, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what that is. Um, I think Giannis has still been playing well. You know, I like Holiday. I think maybe Middleton is still trying to work his way into that lineup. Um, maybe they have some depth issues. Not sure exactly, you know, players gelling together, but the, the Bucks are number four. Um, they still stay in that top five, but they're definitely, uh, you know, struggling a little more than you'd like. Uh, Pelicans at five round out the top five, uh, and the Grizzlies move up with them as well. The Cavs and the Sixers fell. The Mavericks moved up. Mavericks moved up to number nine with their recent play. So congratulations to them. And then the Clippers at 10, that rounds out the top 10. Uh, other big moves, the Pacers, Heat, and Warriors all had great weeks. They moved up uh, four or five spots. The the Jazz and the Hawks both had terrible weeks. Jazz were 0-4, Hawks were 0-3. Jazz fell six spots, Hawks fell five. Jazz are, what are they now? They're 18, 17 in the, in the league. Wizards, meanwhile, they move up six as they went 4-0. Timberwolves went 0-4, so they fell four spots. The bottom four remain unchanged. Pistons, the bottom. Hornets above them. Rockets above them. Spurs above them. The Magic fell one spot, and the Thunder fell two spots. Um, and the Lakers stayed at their same spots. I think that's kind of the big moves. Um yeah, Pacers, Heat, Warriors making some bigger moves, Mavericks, and Wizards. Meanwhile, the Jazz, the Hawks, the Cavs, Bucks, Timberwolves are sliding. So that's where we stand with our power rankings at the end of Week 11. Again, excited to see what Week 12 will bring uh, with our NBA action and our kind of team movement across the board. Um, real quick, just because I'm remembering, let me make sure I didn't miss anything with uh transactional news no i didn't okay we're good there um okay so our next item to take care of we need to name a weekly mvp for week 11 
And uh, if you've been paying attention to the NBA and what I talked about last week and a little bit this week, you should probably already know the answer to this just based on the loose facts you've heard already. And with, with every week that I do this, I pick 10 names that I think are 10 of the more promising, not promising, but, you know, worthy names in terms of team record plus minus, as well as the statistical impact points, rebounds, assists, defensive numbers, things like that. And I always make this habit, but I knew this week, even after after I entered that first player, that leading scorer, I knew the MVP was already kind of set. I wanted to be thorough anyways and list the others. You know, we've got names like LeBron who had, he was 34, nearly nine rebounds, nearly seven assists. He had five turnovers a game, which is pretty high. Percentage is not bad, but they were two and one. Yeah, Jordan Poole, 30 points over a three and oh stretch for him in those games. You know, percentages are not great, but he helped, you know, win those games. You have Durant and Kyrie Irving. I listed both of them. They were three and oh in this stretch. They had great numbers, pretty great percentages. And even Jokic, you know, Jokic, who's the first, who last week became the first player to win our weekly MVP award twice uh, after he had. Um, you know, just another remarkable week. He had, a, had again a great week. They were three and one, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, um, low turnovers, low fouls, great percentages, plus 10. Um, you know, he was a week eight MVP, he was a week 10 MVP, and for week 11, he would be a good candidate. But the name I haven't mentioned, uh, Luka Doncic, Luka Magic. Luca Bird, as I call him in the the episode title for last Friday, I mean these these averages. This is they were three and zero in the stretch, forty eight point seven points, thirteen rebounds, nearly eleven assists, two point three steals, one point three blocks, two turnovers, three fouls, sixty two percent from the floor, forty eight percent from three, and seventy percent from the free throw line. Uh, he had the highest average in minutes, thirty nine minutes, and they were plus eleven when he was on the floor and uh, I will be shocked if we have a greater single stat line for a week from an MVP. And uh, I think there's no question that he has to be our weekly MVP. So we're going to go ahead and write that in for week 11. And again, for those who are new to the show, this is we're writing this on our, weekly MVP trophy, which happens to be um, sort of a goblet-type semi-opaque trophy that I got from a thrift store, so you know it's valuable. But there we go, week 11 MVP, Luka Doncic. And I have to double-check, because we've done enough weeks that I can't remember if he... No. Surprisingly, this is his first weekly MVP uh, placement. Week 11, Luka Doncic, well-deserved. Congratulations, Luka. If you want to swing by here in Orem, pick up our uh, weekly MVP award. It has your name on it. You can hold on to it for a week and then bring it back for our week 12 MVP. Um, There's another stat that I mistakenly deleted. Let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, Thank you, Google Docs. For your history. 
Luka Doncic became the first player with a 40-point triple-double average over a six-game span. So that wasn't even just this week's averages. He averaged that over six games, which went into last week. And he's just been phenomenal. He's willing the Mavericks to be a top team uh, in that Western Conference, certainly top five or six team in the Western Conference. He's been amazing, well-deserving of a MVP trophy here. So congratulations again to Luka for winning this highly coveted honor. And we will go ahead and reset the board in preparation for next Monday's show when we name our Week 12 MVP. Um, so, again, great job, Luca. And that takes us through most of the show. Let's go ahead and read our This Day in History closing fact. Um, before I do that, let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Interesting. Okay. Um, so this day in history, this one goes back to the year 2000. January 2nd of the year 2000, 19,600 fans watched the Miami Heat defeat the Orlando Magic 111 to 103 in the first game at the Heat's new American Airlines Arena. Uh, you know, great arena where they have won all, they won all three of their franchise championships. Um Seems like a very cool arena. It was American Airlines Arena all the way up until, I believe, one or two years ago when they renamed FTX Arena. And now FTX is bankrupt. Is that the one? It's a crypto thing. And yeah. Yeah. So FTX is in kind of a tailspin. I think that the the Heat were trying to make a change in that name. But regardless... It's currently named FTX Arena. But yeah, American Airlines Arena, they won all three of their championships there. Um, so kind of a cool fact, you know, noteworthy. Um, but regardless, that takes us through the end of our show. Um, kind of a preview for next show. I think we've, I've already seen some of the stats from tonight's action, Monday's action, and it seems like we're going to have a pretty uh, noteworthy show as far as uh player performances and things of that nature. Um, it Hopefully I wasn't too out of it for this show. Um, I'll go kind of off subject as far as, uh, so I'm an, oh, excuse me. Almost turned on a game there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the NFL too, and I'm a Bills fan. And uh, I had recently, before starting this show, I had been watching, uh, what had started as the matchup between the Bills and the Bengals. And uh, there was a a hit during action. It seemed kind of innocuous between um, the Bengals receiver, T. Higgins, and a Bills defensive back, DeMar Hamlin. Um, Hamlin went down, stood back up, and then kind of collapsed again. And the hit itself didn't look like anything major, but then within a matter of minutes, it went from, oh, we have a player down, he's injured and we need to, you know, help him out to suddenly we have a player receiving CPR on the field. They brought out an ambulance and they rushed into uh, the hospital and they uh, temporarily suspended the game. Players on both sides were visibly shaken up. Um, and I, I don't mean to get off uh, topic with this it's just like you know wanted to preface that 
in the world of sports, I think it's certainly important that we mention it. Um, you know, of course, prayers, best wishes to uh, Damar and his family, uh, the Bills organization, uh, the Bengals organization, and uh, all involved parties, fans, the NFL family. Um, definitely devastating news. Shocking. Um, I don't think there's been any major updates. The last we, I think, had been told as a, a viewing audience on that broadcast was that he had been rushed. The official statement from the NFL, he'd been rushed to a hospital and was in critical condition. Um, I did see a video from uh, one of the YouTube channels of an actual medical doctor who had done a great job outlining how rare of a condition as a you know potential he didn't say for sure this was it but what he thought this particular diagnosis could be uh essentially what it boiled down to was hamlin was hit in the chest area at the exact time to where it disrupted the heart's um like flow or rhythm and led to a cardiac arrest um, and so again, just thought it was worth noting. Um, of course, as a Bills fan, I think as an NFL fan, all NFL fans are probably devastated and shocked to hear these news or this news. But you know, especially as a Bills fan, devastating. Again, best wishes for him. Um, and just kind of a reminder, I guess, in the world of sports, you know, of course, football is different from basketball. Um, in football, you know, they wear pads and things, but they're they're hard hitting, they're tackling, they're it's a it's a violent nature to that game that you don't have necessarily in the NBA. Um but in all all sports, there's you know plenty of stories, unfortunately, that you can look to of you know players' health and lives suddenly coming into question or being threatened. Um, you know, in the world of the the NBA or at least basketball, I can think of a couple names. Uh firstly uh, Hank Gathers, uh, of course, he was a very talented collegiate forward playing for the uh, Loyola Marymount teams of the 90s, the early 90s that were very high scoring. He was he was a very athletic, uh, very gifted forward who collapsed on court in the middle of a game and uh, passed away later that day or the next. He did have a, a heart condition that had been diagnosed beforehand. Um but you know, they, perhaps there's a player who who doesn't have that sort of condition diagnosed. You know, it's 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 hard to say. Another, if you, if you want to look at a situation like that, the one, of course, that comes to my mind, my favorite player of all time, uh, Pete Maravich. Uh, of course, he had been retired uh, after the 1980 NBA season. He had been playing. Uh, he, he played a pickup game. It was the first time he'd played. I think since he had retired from the NBA eight years prior, this was 1988 and he was playing a pickup game. He was enjoying himself, you know, said he felt great. And then moments later he had collapsed and uh, passed away that day. And medically they, they found that he had some sort of heart condition as well. I think it was something along the lines of, uh, an enlarged heart um, or something similar to that. And they, no one had any idea 
until he uh, had passed away that that was something that he uh, had medically. So again, kind of a long tangent and kind of a, a somber end to the episode. But first of all, just wanted to preface if I felt if it was, if I was off during the show, then perhaps that's why. But then also just uh, kind of a sobering but healthy reminder of, you know, sports, it's entertainment, it's it's a game, it's fun. Um, but there's also a, a physical toll, you know, of course, certainly with football, perhaps more of it than with with basketball or other sports. But, um, you know, just something that it kind of helps us keep a healthy perspective and um, know, you know, kind of those, those sobering reminders of, you know, how to cherish life and things of that nature. Again, wishing the, the Hamlin family, the, the Bills, Damar himself, the best hoping to hear, you know, of a recovery. Um, hopefully nothing but positive news from here on out because it's just been kind of worse and worse uh, from the point of the injury onward. So um, with that, kind of back to the show. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, we we really appreciate you listening. Hopefully we, you know, I think we're in a good place with the show as far as finding our rhythm, getting into a flow with the episodes. Um I have some ideas for, you know, things that are going to kind of help the show just to get better and better as, it, as, as time goes on. But uh, for now, thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Tuesday, uh, summarizing Monday's action. And for the first time in a while, hopefully having a chance to get more into this discussion of, um, you know, award chases, uh, maybe even playoff type pictures, things of that nature. Uh, so with that, we'll be back with you then.